Hello and welcome. Hey everybody, this is Aid. Welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, your weekly episode of film photography chat, rambling and occasional hilarity. As you just heard Dave there at the beginning, I suspect you're already good in your loins for one of the hilarity elements. But first of all, Graham, how are you, mate? I'm doing very well, thank you, Aid. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I just want to very quickly before we move on say a huge thank you again to Eric for joining us last week. And I want to mention right at the top of the show, anybody who um, doesn't go on Instagram, particularly check out Instagram from the last week because uh, Eric took over our Instagram feed for a few days and was sharing his pictures and sharing his thoughts on photography. And it is well worth a look because um, Eric's a very thoughtful guy. And so it's really nice this week to flip that thoughtfulness and get dave on as a follow-up uh how are you doing dave yeah i'm good thanks graham got my daps on <laughs> you got your what's on my daps they're like a sort of plimsoll for our american listeners do you know what, that's, a well. I, that's a word i have not heard in a very long time when i was a kid what, and we daps? were yeah when i was a kid and we were growing up in bristol uh, it's, a, it's a phrase my dad used for sports shoes yeah he played badminton at the time I don't think I've heard anybody say yeah, that really, word for about does. 30 years. Ah, really? Well, that's a shame. Also, nowadays, DAPS is a decentralised application um, <laughs> built on the Ethereum blockchain, which is going to be great fun to see how Bill does with his excellent show notes on that. <laughs> Do you know um, what? So blockchain, is proud, so- Bill. Yeah, blockchain is something I know a little bit about, and one of the little things I know about blockchain is it's not suitable subject material for a film photography podcast. <laughs> Well, you say that, Aid, but I actually think that an application, a DAP, built on an Ethereum blockchain would be wonderful for photo hosting. So we, we like to put our pictures on Instagram and Flickr and... Can you do a beep? <laughs> and you post these pictures. Or you, I think you give the pictures to Instagram, right? I mean, who's... And that's Facebook anyway. So who has your pictures? Do you know what? I'll take that, actually. Um, uh, I can see a uh, in these days of 2016 and blockchain being very fashionable, I can see people taking that sort of idea seriously. Not really film photography, though, is it? It's more sort of digital stuff and sharing photos. Well, I like to paste my film photography pictures, Aid, and <laughs> I'd like to retain control over them. So I'd like to post them on a network like this. And, you know, you can build in some sort of exotic pricing structure... If you wanted to wear likes, got you some sort of currency token. Or like Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I will pay you five point. I will pay you five whole bitcoins, right? Which at this point in time is worth a shed load of money. I will pay you five whole bitcoins to let us get on with the podcast. How does that <laughs> sound? Three thousand four hundred bucks. Sold. <laughs> 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 All right, listen, so tell us, Dave, actually, you know, as, as our special guest for the week, um, you've been scanning some slides, haven't you, and posting those. What's that all about? Uh, this is a selection of um, Velvia positives, which I abandoned scanning on the first go. And then I would also like to say thank you to Eric for making this podcast barely listenable and doing such a super job managing that curating the instagram feed i liked his pictures of signs and stuff and i thought hey i've got a picture of a sign and i dug through my 
my negative folder and found this whole um, sheet of uh, Velvia positives, which I hadn't scanned. So got to scanning them and um, yeah, quite pleased with them. Don't know why I didn't scan them in the first place. You were saying that you found or you find that scanning in slide film is a bit of a pain in the neck compared to negatives. What What is it about it that is less fun about it? I think originally when I got these positives back for do you call them positives or they i want to call them negatives but you know they're positives. yeah i think what do you call slides these but th slides. that also seems wrong doesn't it because they're not actually in slide form but anyway we know what you mean dude okay can i call them negatives sure thanks um so i got these negatives back from a uh where the hell i got them developed in uh i was using a plus tech scanner at the time and the plus tech you scan one slide at a time and then push it through and it's all very boring and the colors came out awful i think i probably did about two and then got so disgusted with it all i just packed it all away um but now i'm using my nice epson where you rattle off 12 at a time Oof, you know so much quicker and easier and it seems to deal with these uh slides um a hell of a lot better than the uh, plastic did so yeah the sort of working through the backlog now the plus ticks are a bit of a cheap and cheerful scanner, aren't they? If I'm, I've not used one myself, but the hey, day careful are... what you say because I'm trying to get um, aid into film developing and you know just film photography in general, and I want to try and pedal my plus tech scanner off. Into it, so. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> so actually, have I've you heard a... about the plus tech scanner, aid? It's five star. I've, I've really... I heard it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, I've got another follow up question actually. Um, You've you've just started developing E6 film, haven't you? I have, yes. So tell us, uh, share with us the story of your first roll of E6 film you developed. Oh my god, I need another drink to go through <laughs> that nightmare again. Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was a, a good thing. So as I angstly posted on the forums, it all went a little wrong where I... You heat up the film with water, right, before... And that's the other thing. I didn't read those instructions properly. You preheat the tank. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, uh, you, I do it by filling the tank with warm water. That's how I do it. Yeah, that's what I did as well. But and I poured then, that water out. Yeah. At least some of it. Maybe I put some more in. And it was bright purple. Yeah. Does it need that? Well, no, that's just the dye. I think that's just some of the dyes. Because I found that, and this was how I, with my C41 kit, I have to do, well, it, it suggests doing a pre-warm first. I don't think it's essential if you're doing it in a hand thing, but um, uh, first one and tipped out, and there was a bit of colour to it. And then the second one, I didn't bother doing it. And then all the dye just came out in a developer, and so it completely changed the colour of my developer. And I thought, I should have done that. But um, slide film, the one roll of slide film that I've cross-processed in it, that did come out like violet, bright violet colour when I tipped out because there's a lot of dye in there. So, yeah, it's fine. That, that stuff doesn't need to be in there. You need to get rid of that. So, anyway, continue with your story. You, you pre-warmed it. Poured lady dye out mm -hmm. and then maybe didn't pour all of it out, maybe added a bit more. I don't know, it all went a bit crazy. And I ended up putting the first developer in to the tank when it already had a load of water in there. And I didn't realise till it started overflowing and I still had a little bit of first developer to add to the tank. So I panicked. Um, 
And then I pulled out the developer chemicals, the color developer one, color developer two, first developer one, first developer two, mixed them all together, realized that that wasn't right. Mixed just the first developer one, first developer two together, 200 mils into 300 mils of water, put it all together, chucked it in the tank and left it for six minutes. And that was a very poor way to develop the film. But got some pictures in the end. Yeah, the, the results weren't terrible, though, were they? I was quite pleased with them, um, considering the big faff up in developing. Yeah, I, I, given what it sounded like you went through, where you ended up having a completely wrong mix in first, and then having to pull that out and swing some more stuff in, and you know all the timing is getting a bit screwed up. I was quite impressed that you got anything, even half decent out of it. So that's pretty good going. Yeah, it was a, a curious development, and also you'll notice on the pictures as a. I think it's a light leak, and I thought when I was looking at the negatives that that was part of my Wild Quest development procedure, but maybe there's a light leak on my camera as well. Um, the the left-hand side has a big sort of rectangle taken out of it, and I wondered if there was some developer sort of sitting at the bottom of the tank, and maybe that got developed, because that can happen, you know, if you only half cover your negatives with developer, then they will develop in funky ways. Ah. So I thought maybe up that way, uh, but now I'm thinking I've got a light leak on the Hasselblad A12 Ooh. magazine. Ooh, that sounds pricey. Uh, no, it should be maybe, I don't know, £4 on eBay to get some little foamy thing. I've got two follow-up questions. First question, have you developed another role of slide film since then? No. Okay, that makes my second question slightly redundant because I was going to ask if you've nailed the process yet. No. Hmm. Am I still having nightmares? <laughs> yes. Because I've just, uh, this weekend just gone, um, I actually took my Bronica to work with me one day and shot just a few pictures um, to try and finish up my roll of Velvia that's been in there for. Sure, uh, that's a bit like take your daughter to work day. Yeah, yeah, take your Bronica to work there, yeah. I, I, I think I maybe have slightly warmer fear than my children. That's not that's not true, just just in case they're here. That's not true. Um, well, not always true. So, Dave, it, once I finish this roll, I think there's only one shot left. Shall I post it down for you to, uh, to have another go at? Can do, can do, but I can trump that suggestion. Why don't you come down, deliver it in hand, and then just do it yourself with all the chemicals. That sounds like it might be quite a good idea. And you can actually. have a go on my pottery wheel at the same time. <laughs> Throw off your fingers. Like. Who doesn't already follow Dave on Instagram? Absolutely should, because as well as seeing some of his cool pictures that he shares, uh, you also get to see Dave's cool pottery projects that he's actively working on. So you're uh, at least a double threat, probably far more than a double threat. Aren't you, Dave? You're definitely a threat at some level. So, uh, that's awesome, dude. Thread, thread, clothiers. Thread. <laughs> okay, quicker than usual. Quicker than usual. We've got to the point where Graham starts insulting our guest. <laughs> this, this is Dave. We started insulting each other before we started recording, so this doesn't count. Yeah, you I know. I know. But earlier, the, I remember that. The listeners don't know that though. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move the conversation on a little bit. Uh, I wussed out last night. Totally wussed out. Uh, I went out, took my kids to see some fireworks because, of course, uh, in the UK on the 5th of November, it is Guy Fawkes night or firework night or bonfire night or whatever you want to call it. All three, really, I suppose. I took my kids to see some fireworks and 
the the thing I worst out on was the fact that I only took a digital camera. Now, to be fair, I took my digital camera that has a special firework mode. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> It's important to be fair about that. Well, yeah, no, no, it was it was a it was a sensible strategic choice. I've actually posted some That's of the That's an exciting photos. mode on a camera. What does it do? You have a framing candle well, spread uh, out there watch you. Yeah, it, what happens is that a little stick comes out of the side of it and you light it and it becomes a sparkler for a few seconds. <laughs> it's brilliant. Very nice. Uh, so anyway, I have actually posted some of these photos to our Flickr group, the, uh, the Sunny Sixteen Podcast Flickr group, and yes, they are digital, and yes, this is a podcast about film photography. the The reason for bringing it up is to ask you guys, uh, Graham, first, I guess, um, have you got any secrets or tips for shooting fireworks with a film camera? Well, um, okay. First off, I, I have to come clean as well on this. I did go to see some fireworks last weekend with my kids and my um, brother and his kids. And uh, I, too, just took a digital camera with me for two reasons. Um, one, I knew I wasn't going to be making much effort to take pictures. And two, there was going to be alcohol there. And I'm so glad that I did take a digital camera because you can just sort of see the progression. That after the second glass of wine, the pictures are just click, click, click. Um, because... I didn't really care. I mean, it's they're just. I don't want any one of those pictures. They're all just rubbish. But anyway, that's what digital's for. It you know, doesn't matter. Um, the thing is that if I was gonna take pictures of fireworks and wanted to do it seriously, then I'd want to be with a tripod. And I think the the best practice that's always that I've always seen recommended is that you want to have actually the shutter open for a good long time so you can capture multiple fireworks in one frame, a bit like if you're trying to shoot lightning. Um, the only problem is with a lot of places that have fireworks, at least the fireworks space that we go to around here, is that quite often they're fairly close to a large bonfire because it's bonfire night and the bonfire throws off quite a lot of light, so that can mess things up a bit. But, yeah, I mean, I think if you're shooting film, then really you you need to be doing it in quite a dedicated way and not not trying to do it when you've got kids with you because yeah it is a tripod job that one whereas if you're shooting digital you can just click 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 and then uh do a bulk delete at the end which is what i ended up doing <laughs> okay well that's two out of three of us then who shot digital for fireworks dave have you seen any fireworks recently yeah i saw a few last night around bristol very nice um gotta love a firework aid and did you take any photos of course not it's a ridiculous thing to do they will look shit, and the only way to have a nice firework photo is to have something good in the foreground. I think, uh, you know, maybe the Metropolis Centre or the B15 or the Houses of Parliament. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. It always looks good on the telly at New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve or whenever they do it, when they have the, the fireworks on the River Thames and, and all the famous I think fireworks need context, you know, just a firework in the sky. Is that what is? I don't know. What, what did you take pictures of, eh? Did you, were they just the fireworks exploding and slightly shaky and all a bit naff because it was digital or did you have some... There's a little bit of that, yeah. I mean, because you know my kids are fairly young, so trying to stop, trying to not lose them in the pitch black, of course, because you're outside and there's thousands of people around and it's it's very dark. Uh, so trying to not lose track of the kids uh, every uh, now and again, and only uh, only a, a small handful of photographs, just you know, sort of pointing the the point and shoot camera at the sky and, and letting it do its thing. Um, it, it seems to have going back to what Graham was saying about 
long exposures it seems to have uh, the, this this firework mode seems to do something around a sort of second or a two second exposure and then you know processes it all and stitches together some nice pretty patterns but yeah they they don't have any any context like that there was no no scenery as such it's just you know sort of bright lights on a on a dark background which is a fair yeah. point actually um, i suspect it would have been better if there'd been some context the one or thing I will you just say. had a nice time with your kids you know that it's really important not to take pictures at times i feel and bonfire well, night I, is one what i'm going to counterpoint that with dave is that the one good thing about fireworks is that whilst i i do agree with you that just pictures of fireworks are not interesting um to be honest i i it's become a horrible realization to me that I just don't think I'd care very much about fireworks at all. I think that might mean that part of me is dead inside, but they're just things that go bang. Like, um, <laughs> it reminds but, me of my ex-wife. But it's good when you see them, isn't it? It's quite exciting. No, I'm, I'm bored even with that. But the light from them can make for some quite nice shots of the people you're there with. So I took a few pictures that I actually quite like of my family. Um, and this was the one thing that, having the digital there was an advantage because you can run that ISO right up um, because it, it, it would be okay in black and white. So if I'd gone with some fast black and white film in the fast ends, that would have been okay. But fireworks in black and white, come on, Graham. Well, I know, but that's the point I'm making. So, you know, can, are you aware of what any, did they go for? I don't know. Have you seen any black and white fireworks? Because... Well, I think not so much for the fireworks and stuff, but just for the way that people's people are lit up by them. You know, the light on their faces or the like, the the being rimlit by them as they're looking up at them. I, I will possibly share a couple of the pictures that I took of my family with them, just because they. I quite like those because it's it's a really unique way of lighting people. Um, there's no really fireworks unique. in those pictures, um, but uh, no, I'm in agreement with you though. I think that taking pictures of just fireworks is a bit of a unless you have something great to set them against is a bit of an exercise in futility okay shall i shall i go and remove my photos from the internet then? no 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 absolutely <laughs> not absolutely not have you put them up in this aid i'll have a look where, where do you post nowadays aid uh th those ones were on Flickr. actually they're in our sunny 16 How you not into instagram i know why you're not i didn't like instagram till about month ago or so but it's fantastic you know that's where all the good pictures are uh, no, I'm, I'm doing some stuff on instagram now actually that uh yeah that i i, I guess that the, uh, really since we started this podcast or instagram started to make a bit more sense um mm, me you know, too. uh and uh that's you know so I, i'm you know doing stuff posting stuff to instagram and uh but these ones i happen to put up on Flickr. Um, so it just, you know, sometimes I post to Flickr, sometimes I post to Instagram, you know, sometimes to Twitter, just you know, whatever I feel like at the time, I guess. Well, they've got their pros and cons. I quite like the way Flickr seems to hold on to a, you know, it can really grab a big old picture. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Instagram, you, yeah, if you've got it, if you've got a picture that needs your or benefit, it benefits from being seen in a reasonable size. Then Instagram is not the platform for that. I've really enjoyed this week that um, uh, one of the people who we've mentioned quite a few times on here, um, Spencer Vita, whose uh, Instagram uh, name is a story of pieces. He's just started putting some stuff up on Flickr, and he's added some stuff to our group. But it, I really like being able to just see some of these pictures bigger than you can see them on Instagram. Uh, it's fantastic but it's so nice to be able to see some of these pictures in big and it's great
Right. What I would really like to talk about this week, and this is something that Aid and I have spoken about uh, off air on many occasions, is the idea of taking on a project. Um, we, all three of us, take quite a lot of pictures, but they always tend to be, um, I suppose, slightly random in nature, depending on where we are. There's never any structure to them. We're just like, well, we're here. This is a good time to get pictures. Let's take pictures for these moments that we're doing it. And the idea of doing a project, something that has um, a structured purpose from the outset, has always been quite appealing. I think you have actually may have mentioned on air before your idea of, that you would like to take on something. Um, and I've certainly seen over the last few years plenty of people on Instagram and Flickr doing things like the 365 project, which is where people commit to taking and sharing one photo every day. There are people doing 52 weeks, 52 cameras projects like Judy Boyle, who is one of the people we follow on Instagram. And every week she is shooting with a different old camera and then sharing the pictures from that. And she's using a lot of really old um, Kodak cameras from the 50s and 60s. And just well, as you can imagine, when you've got 52 cameras to shoot, there's going to be a real range of stuff there. So that's just a couple of examples of projects that people commit to and do over a long period of time but of course they can be absolutely anything and it's a thing that I've been thinking about for a while because I think there's quite a lot to be gained from taking on a project um, in terms of self-discipline and in terms of actually having something an idea in your mind that you are working towards creating something at the end as opposed to what I do at the moment which is just grabbing photos as and when with no real plan in mind what I, I don't think either of you guys have taken on a project before what are your thoughts about this I think I, I think I might have done I mean there's the one that any parent has right which is the sort of documenting of your family life and you, and you don't even have to be a parent to have a project like that but you know if, if often if you are the enthusiastic photographer uh, in your social group or your family uh, and especially if you have young children then uh, that there's always a uh, a, a long-term project element of that kind of photography but it's not really planned and thought through the one I would say I have done that was a bit more planned is the the shooting I've been doing around London for the last year and a half or so. Mm. I did deliberately set out, it's probably over a year ago now, uh, to, I started a Tumblr. And my aim was that uh, I wanted to post uh, a whole bunch of photos sort of Monday to Friday, although the reality is it's sort of Monday to Thursday because I I rarely go into London on a Friday anyway. And uh, I did that and it was a, a mobile phone photography project primarily and this was before we started the sunny 16 podcast i did uh, then sort of transfer it a bit to film uh, uh but then you know working uh, on this podcast and the you know the the social networking that we do around that actually uh, was more of the you know became the focus for me but you know all of those photographs i shared all through this summer as you know and, and autumn as we've been uh, doing the podcast all stem from that really yeah the fact that i just set out to carry a camera with me whenever i went to work you know my commuting in london and i gen i generally walk anywhere between three and five miles a day around the centre of London and as you can see from my photographs often around the River Thames and I think that the project element of that is that I was hoping to build up a body of work 
that I could be, I don't know, proud of. Uh, yeah, in the photographic sense, I wasn't seeking particularly to capture a particular element or or facet of of life in London. Uh, I I did learn actually about myself a little bit th- from doing it. I found I was often trying to capture quieter scenes, which in London can be quite challenging at some t- at sometimes. Uh, but I think you know. Uh, I, I like the city, uh, but I, I don't live in the city and uh, I wouldn't want to live in the city. And sometimes it can be quite overwhelming. So I found that there was a theme, if if, if you like, a thread through my photographs of the city that that, that it looks for quiet moments. People you know, sat on their own in the sunshine or, or you know, pacing around on their own, having a cigarette or whatever, or checking their phone or whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, sort of trying to reflect that sense of, you know, a, a single person within London rather than huge crowds. Didn't do so well on the photographs of crowds and stuff. Never really made a lot of sense to me. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, that's... Uh, it's interesting that you the, the timing of this conversation is interesting because I'm getting a bit bored of that now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for 15 months or so and, you know, I started out with digital. That's great. I've done a whole bunch of film photography all through the, the time of the year where there's actually some daylight. Um, I'm now back into the time where both my morning and my afternoon... Well, actually, the the... The morning commute, seeing as the clocks have just gone back last weekend, uh, has got a bit of light to it now. But the evening commute is just pitch black uh, and will be for some months now. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's less easy to shoot film. Uh, I mean, it's possible, but it, it's less easy. Um, it's not something you can do, you know, see, you know, capture some really great light and take a snapshot as you're wandering to the train. Um, it's something at this time of year, if you're going to shoot film and it's going to be in the dark, you're going to need all the kit. And, and, and I'm on my commute and you just don't, I don't simply carry it. Um, but yeah, so, so there's that. But yeah, other than that, I don't think I've really ever taken on a particular project with a, a massive sense of purpose. What about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, man, um, a few projects, of course. I've uh, always got a project on the go. So, what, so what, what have you taken on, like, where you've had a defined, okay, this is what I want to have at the end, this is what I'm working towards. What, what sort of photography, have you, have you done that with photography or is this with other stuff? Uh, yeah, it's all clay projects at the moment um, uh, in my mind. Um, yeah. Maybe photography ones, I don't know. You get a camera... You go out and shoot it, right? That's that's true. That's it's, true. Oh, so I don't know something a bit more long term, though. Um, I have had this idea for a while, and I tried to get a bit of action on it, and I sort of failed. And it's reasonably time dependent, so I'm going to go ahead and prep for this now, and I should be able to hit the sweet spot, which I think is the 21st of December, and I'm going to take a six month exposure. Uh huh. Something. A six-month a six exposure. How do you do that? A six-month exposure. You expose the film for six months. Okay, I think I got that bit. Actually, that's quite wrong, Aids. I, I misled you there. You expose the paper for six months. So you get some paper, some photographic paper, whack it in a beer can, punch a pinhole in it, point it at something fun facing south, and leave it for six months. And then develop it scan it invert it and then you've got a color picture from black and white paper 
a, yeah. a colour picture from black and white paper. Well, well I think Dave's slightly... Uh, I heard a lighter going briefly a moment ago, so I suspect Dave's th- uh, explanation is getting slightly off um, track. Yes, thank you. Um, the What it is, this really? is... Really? Which part do you think? Well, OK, it's solography you're talking about, right? Sure. OK, so the what happens, Dave, is that when you do these super long six-month exposures, the um, you get a... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, photograph. No, not a photograph. Uh, latent image actually forms on the paper um, over time. So you you actually get the tracks of the sun, the the path of the sun going over every day, and it actually forms a latent image on the paper. You can do it with film as well, but it's most done with paper on these large things. And so after six months, you don't actually develop the paper at all. What you do is you take it. Really? I thought you developed it. No, if you develop it, you'll lose it. you lose it completely. Really? So you take it and you... Hey, it's sc- lucky we had this podcast. It is lucky it? we had this podcast. And you scan it straight away. Um, and you, do, you don't That's get a true... That's right, isn't it? Because you, you've got to worry that the scanner... I mean, I've seen... I've opened my scanner halfway through. It's like when you photocopy your balls <laughs> and there's a whole bright light going on in there and you think surely this is going to ruin my photograph here well yeah i mean and pretty much i think you can take them out afterwards and shove them back into the dark and that's about as good as it gets but then you know you, you scan it to get the image and as dave said you the when you invert it there is some color in the image it's not a true color image um but there is color in there because of the latent image but yeah that is something that you you can absolutely set up and leave for six months i've actually got in my kitchen and they've been there for ages because i'm very slow at getting around things um half a dozen empty beer cans with the tops taken off them waiting to do exactly this you've got some uh, beer can just lying around in your kitchen i think you're yeah. a vegetarian uh, and yeah i know it's a weird conflict well they're cider cans so it's all right um so all right dave follow-up question with this then what is your what you want to shoot with these what you what did you actually want to capture Oof, I don't know. I probably want to shamelessly rip off uh, Justin Quinnell and I trust Bill's going to do his magic with that and you can read the show notes and see his work. Okay, well, give us the the quick heads up on Justin Quinnell. You've seen him, haven't you? I have, yes. um, Hell of a guy. Hell of a guy, yeah. Well, you know, share with the audience a bit about Justin Quinnell. Uh, Okay, sure. no, can aid reader is he's probably got a wikipedia entry he's he's quite famous i think he's some sort of photography pro- professor he bowls around taking great pictures of the clifton suspension bridge um in beer cans he's got a great youtube video uh does talks hosts workshops um has loads of good work probably got a website justinquinell.co.uk maybe um looks yeah. like i found one here called pinholephotography.org Pinhole Photography by Justin Quinnell. Yeah, that's very much his thing. He's he's an incredible pinhole photographer um, and a very experimental pinhole photographer, which is... Have you seen the picture, Graham, that he's taken out of, I think it's his child's mouth? Yes. That's a hell of a picture, that one, Michael. Yeah, he has got pictures there that he's taken out of his mouth. And... um, and the thing about this guy's work is that not only is it incredibly experimental, but he's a very good photographer. So these aren't just, oh, look, I've managed to do this. It's like, no, these are really cleverly thought out shots. There's a great picture because I think he's got a whole set where he's taken film photographs 
film pinhole photographs out of his mouth um but there's one where there's a dentist reaching in or something like this there's all sorts of crazy stuff it's well worth a look if you want to see some really weird and wonderful photographs yeah justin quinnell is uh quite an amazing guy and um he's very keen on promoting photography as well and he, i know he goes and does stuff for schools and stuff like that to encourage the kids to get out and mm these solography beer cans are one of the ways he goes about this because it is a very simple project to do all you need is an empty can some photographic paper you and uh, time that's about it really you know it's, it's about as simple as it gets so i'm thinking back to it i think he does make a point about how you don't need to develop it like i was claiming you did do and in his excellent youtube video he also gets the paper out just you know he's like hanging out in his kitchen making his his beer can cameras and he just whips the paper out and just chucks it in the beer can with the lights on no problem yeah. get it in there that's really nice yeah you don't even need to do it in a dark room or anything like that it can all be done just in you know subdued light in the room it's it's good anyone can have it's, it's I'm I'm looking at a few of these. I see what you mean about the solography stuff. So so the uh, he it, the repeat. I guess the repeated transition of the sun makes it makes an arc of latent images, uh, latent lines across the paper, sort of burned in. I guess. Um, yeah. There's there's a fantastic one actually. There there are several taken around Bristol and especially the Clifton Suspension Bridge on the website. It's a great one. Isn't it? There, but there there's one of the Angel of the North as well. Uh, which is uh, a rather large, I don't know, would you call it a statue or an art installation or something uh, up near Newcastle in the north of England? And it's... Gormley, uh, isn't it? Uh, it might well be, yes, yes. Uh, but it's a, it's a fanta- there's fantastic, a fantastic cool. curve of, of burned-in solar passes or sort of su- sun tracks, I suppose you could call them, uh, that make a really nice frame in the image uh, for you know the Angel of the North itself, which is which is a silhouette. It's it's really interesting stuff, actually. Yeah, isn't I mean, it? And every one of those tracks of the sun is a day, so you can almost it gives you a sort of weather report of the previous six months. You know, you can tell where there's no sun track. There must have been clouds then. Ah, is that why there's gaps? So it's like the rings of a tree. <laughs> Yes, yeah, absolutely. It is every single day. It just moves that little bit, and sometimes yeah. you see some, sometimes you don't. And so that's why I'm so keen to get them out there on the 21st of December, because that should be the winter equinox. Well, it is. Uh, yes, except it's not the equinox. It's a solstice. The solstice. Equinox <laughs> being a word that means equal night. Uh, night to K four. Um, no, not that kind of night. No. <laughs> So this is part of the reason why I really wanted to talk about taking on projects, because I think that one of the biggest problems with them is that it's easy to have the ideas and never actually start doing them. And it's also easy to maybe start and not see it through to the end. And what can be quite a good way, I think, of actually seeing something through is by sharing it with people, because then other people are going to go, have you done this yet? So now, now, Dave, we know that you're, you want to do this starting on the 21st. So actually before the 21st, we'll actually be asking about you and seeing how it's coming on and nagging you to do it. Um, because I think if, if, if you're just doing it in a void, it's really easy to not do it. And by 
talking to other people about it you i mean i certainly find this with anything you know you say oh yeah i'm going to do this somebody else oh god i've got to do it now i've said i'm going to do it um and beyond just the three of us what i'm going to do is i'm actually going to start a thread on the pixelated photographer forum where listeners and and ourselves can go on there and say this is what i am planning to do and then we can hold each other to account over this um because i think that's a, a good way of actually keeping things on track um aid you were saying you've actually got something that you want to do and i would love to hear about it well there's a couple of things because when we said we talk about this on the podcast i thought well what would i actually do you know and uh i think there's a there's a couple of ideas that i have right so uh, and and one of them is about uh, you know a, a, a version if you like of, of your traditional 365 project and you could call it maybe uh, an, an instax a day or or a print a day because you know there's a lot of um a lot of the photographs that we take just don't go anywhere and uh, yeah we've talked about this a lot and and one of the nice things about you know film photography uh, is is the prints and you know I've been waxing lyrical about Instax recently and you know although it, a, a little part of me inside dies every time I give one of my precious photographs away <laughs> uh, it is actually you know a fantastic way to to share photos and and you know it's a good fun thing to do so I wondered if I might one of the my ideas is to set up a, a wall in my house where there's enough room for 365 mini instax prints and simply do one a day and on days when there is good weather or I can you know I happen to to have the opportunity to carry a camera with me I could take an instax camera maybe some of them would be prints from digital photographs or or um prints from other film photographs you know or something like that and it didn't necessarily all be instax either they could be just your, your more normal prints but that's what mm -hmm. i thought i'd like to do and then you know at the end of the year you see you've got a, a a very visual record you could simply stand in front of it and go oh yeah i remember that i remember that and it would show i don't know what it would show some sort of pattern i guess maybe or at least you'd be able to see you know, when they were all blue sky and sunshine, you could see when you're on holiday and stuff like that. Yeah. And then when it was all grey and miserable, you could see when you were at work. You know? so, yeah, that sounds so, great. So I, I like the idea of being able to see a year spread out in front of me. You could still sort of stand in front of it on the wall and just look at it. Uh, and no, you could sounds... see it building up over time as well. So when That's would you start idea, right? Yeah, and no, I like it. So, so what's going to be the start date? Awfully long term, though, isn't it? It's well, it's a year. It's a year, isn't it? Well, you know, you could, you know. Aren't you bored of your aren't you balls deep in a year project that you're quite bored of already? Well, that, but, but yes and no, because, you know, that would be, it would be a different expression of it. it some of it would still be that kind of photography. But, you know, I don't, I, the, the reason I started the, the tumbler in the first place for my commute uh, was because I wanted the discipline. Uh, I want that the photographic mm. discipline. You're like the karate kid. Yes, uh, yes. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> yeah, and paint the fence and things like that. Um, Do you but know it what is Mr. Maggie does to relax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's 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 so so there could be a discipline to this by making sure that I was making a print every day. Uh, now that yeah, and and of course because you know uh, I love film photography, the vast majority of those would be 
prints of film photo- photographs. But that, that, but just if I don't happen to be able to have a film camera with me for whatever reason, then you know I could still make a print of a digital photograph every now and again, and that wouldn't disrupt the whole flow of the project. No, so, that sounds good. So yeah, it is. It is a long term commitment. Um, but I think if we're going to do projects, then you know that I think making that commitment is part of the reason for doing a project, isn't it? I think as much as anything, it, it's uh, practice is such an important thing and it almost never gets talked about in with regards to photography, which is weird because as a skill and as a hobby, almost everything else you can think of, Dave's pottery, you know, music, anything, you, you practice, you practice things to get better. And yet I don't think people think about photography as a thing that you necessarily practice but of course it is you know and we practice by getting out and doing it and by having the discipline of getting out to make a picture every single day and trying to make a picture that you like enough to put on the wall even if it's not a great work of art um that's practice and i think that's really valuable um so yeah when are you going to start this well that's a beautifully made point a um Graham, sorry. I was all overcome by how eloquently you put that. It's it's all down to practice. You're quite right. That's that's exactly it, isn't it? You've got to keep on going. Yeah. yeah. And so, one of the good things about doing it in Instax Mini is if the photo isn't that good, well it's really, really small. I mean it's in the middle of loads of other pictures. It doesn't matter so much. <laughs> that's very true. That's that, that's a very, very valid point. I'm so, trying to set myself up a project that I can succeed at, you see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well I I'm still gonna keep nugget. I mean, even if you don't if you if you won't commit on this I, I on this thread that we are going to or I'm gonna set up, we wanna have dates because I, I wanna see I want to see things that people can check in on to see how we're doing. So Dave for you i want to see your camera ready to go before december the 21st i want to see evidence not just empty beer cans i want i want to hear where you're going to put them and um what you're going to get in them and so that we can see that you're going to be ready for the 21st and um yeah we're going to need to start that i mean no that's fine i'm quite happy i can start whenever so i mean i i I had this idea about three days ago and i've i've taken a couple of pictures and uh and you know made sure a couple of Inst- uh, instax pictures with the, from the film camera itself a couple that i've printed with my little mm-hmm. instax printer so yeah uh, i could argue that it started already or if we want to set a particular start date for all of us then you the know, 21st of december you well, can do six months eh? that'll make your project a little more you know bite size no yeah, we could do people. six months. I mean, it'd be interesting isn't it? if if the three of us said we were going to do six months and then we could try and get other people who are listening to the podcast to, to join us for six months. And, you know, we could end up you know comparing at the end of our six months what it is that we've all achieved. The yeah, six month think, exhibition. Yeah. In the pub. Yeah, I think it's a good idea because I think in some ways it's quite um, I mean, I know that there are people who have projects that just go on for years and years and years. And that's great. But I think for people just starting out on this concept, having a defined end is probably a good thing because it gives you it gives you something to work towards. It means that it doesn't just kind of go on because you want to have at the end of yours, Dave, you want to have a picture or pictures and Aid, you want to have this area of your wall covered. And I, I think, yeah, I think six months, six months are set by the arbitrary uh, equinoxes and what was the other one? Um, Solstices. Um why not? Slorus is she's uh, Beyonce's sister, I think. So, what's your project, Graham? I don't remember hearing you say. Okay, that. you're gonna have to is bear with me. Or, 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 <laughs> well, I again? mean, possibly. Um, I'm very short-sighted. 
this is this will surprise nobody who's ever seen a single photograph that I've taken to learn that I am very short-sighted. And I thought maybe I could use this uh, not necessarily to my advantage, but when I'm taking photos, or when I suppose we're all taking photos, there's so much stuff in the world to, to pull out our eyes and distract us. You know, the devil's in the detail, and we take it all, and we're thinking about all this stuff. And I thought whether it would change the way I shoot if I just walked around some places without my glasses, which means that my world, <laughs> the in-focus area of my world suddenly shrinks to about three inches from the front of my nose, and everything past there is a blur. Um, and Yes, do it. Because, because it's going to... exactly what, how you should do it. That's yeah. how... Um, who's your man who had cataracts? Manet? Monet? I don't the know. Li- the um, the Lily guy. Monet. The Lily guy. You know, the Lily guy. Lily Allen. Um, yeah. Yeah, on the bus doing more makeup and things. It, he had cataracts and just saw light and things and just blobs of light and made the most wonderful art from it. So See, that's what I'm wondering is, but if you remove your distractions, will I start just focusing more on the general shape of people? You might start many... taking some decent pictures. Uh, well, I think it's not... worth a gamble. Go crazy. Uh, Go years crazy. Ago, Take this. I, I, I read I let in... down your hair as well. <laughs> and turn the lights off. <laughs> and my, um, a, a couple of years ago I read in one of my books um, which is a really good book actually it's a sort of a, a journalist's news photography handbook not handbook but like an actual book for photojournalists to learn from in college or something anyway mm. um, and they're talking about you know choosing different photos and why one photo is better than another when they're very similar photos and they were talking about this picture I, I can't remember what the picture was of I think it was perhaps Prince Charles, you know, doing something with the Queen, you know, some <laughs> important royal event going on anyway. And they gave him to um, Cartier-Bresson to look at to see which one was the best. And the way that he appraised these two fairly similar photos was he turned them upside down so that the context went away, but the shape of the picture was all that he could really see. And that's how he went, oh, yeah, this one's better because the shape and the flow of it. So I'm kind of wondering maybe i can i don't know maybe it will help me see like that and i'm i'm still not sure what kind of camera or where, how i'm going to shoot i'm not sure whether i'm going to shoot it with something which reflects how i'm seeing things by which i mean barely at all or shoot with something just with a fixed focus um i've got a couple of old um box brownie type cameras which and, um, you're going down the wrong i, I like it i like this project but for me, you want to shoot with the sharpest camera you've got here. So you're going around without your glasses on, just seeing yeah. seeing the photo for like blobs of light and yeah. distributions and form and other the wonderful things. And you're finding something nice, and then you take it with the sharpest lens you've got. You know that's wonderful. That's the same as Henri turning those pictures upside down, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. You're, that's true. You're going at it from his angle, and then. You're turning them around the right way with your super sharp lens. Gotcha. Mm, to uh, see what you get. It's, so, it's, yeah, anyway. it, you'd need an autofocus, though, wouldn't you? Because otherwise you wouldn't get the actual shots in focus. <laughs> I'm not going to let you have a look. But I like the thought, oh, Dave. You? It's, a, it's, it's a really good thought because what, what would a sharp photo look like if you took it with blurry eyesight? You know, because yeah. you can yeah, that that is is a really interesting question in itself, and I do like the idea of as well of of it being blurry. 
you know, it's because I think then, you know, it's it's a more of a reflection, not a reflection, more of a capture, a truthful capture of what Graham is actually seeing in terms of colours and shapes and things mm. like that. Um, I might have I, to muck, muck around with both. And yeah, you, you probably have to use colour film now. What do you think yeah. about that? Are you thinking about using colour film? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have to be, when I was picturing it in my mind, I, I was probably thinking more black and white than colour. Um, again, just to put another layer of abstraction in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what I like about what you were saying about taking a picture with a sharp lens is that the nice thing about that is that when I get those pictures developed, I'm going to see stuff that I definitely did not see was there yeah. when I took the picture. It's like, oh, yeah. there, was a, there was a dude, totally a dude there. Um, okay, well, the three of us have kind of got plans then. This is good. We've got, yeah, we've got quite, plans. quite exciting ones. I'm quite looking forward to both of these, these projects that we've got going on here. And I would really love for anybody, if, if, you, if you've got a camera, chances are you've thought about doing something like this. Maybe it's a, a you know, a, just a taking a photo a day project. Maybe it's trying to use, if you've got, like me, and got loads of different cameras, maybe you just think, oh, I really need to get and shoot all of these. Um, so or yeah. maybe you fancy my project, which is clearly the best one, yeah. and fancy a camera, and I can bundle a few of these things up slip them in the post yeah that's yeah. a really that's interesting thought that's that because i was going to call you out on it dave actually that your project is really really easy you all you've got to do yeah, is, is you've got about five minutes work on the first day and about three minutes work on the last day of the project and the rest of us have actually know, got to do quite a lot and I get to bask in the glory of constantly doing my projects as well. <laughs> well, I think you need more than one image. I think you need to you, you need to be planning where you're going to cite these. I think you need to have a few around. And I don't think it's necessary. Well, that's going to take quite a lot of beer. Well, they won't <laughs> well, all work, though, will they? That's the thing. So in part, I, I imagine it must be a numbers game. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have putting that in public places, it's a numbers game because you... you some of them are going to get disturbed. Some of them are going to get, you know, picked up, thrown away, moved. You can do... Especially if they're empty beer cans. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually do the same thing using 35mm film and a 35mm film, um, you know, the plastic Canister. containers that they come in, yeah. Um, and the, the advantage with those is that you can tape those away in very discreetly in places, you know, under bench legs and stuff like that and a bit of gaffer tape and well you could away. you don't have to use 35 mil film you could probably slip a little bit of uh paper, paper in there right yeah yeah you're, you're absolutely right you can absolutely do that so i've got the resin coated i've got the paper ready to go as so well i went for ilford multi-grade for resin coated there you go You've how do you like that you choice i think that's a good choice for this resin coated over the fiber paper obviously right yeah I I think presumably that means it won't get so soggy yeah, I think so. Yeah, you do have to make sure it's quite water sealed when you do this. So, so we will put. I will set up this thread on the forum, and I will post about what I'm planning to do, and you guys will do likewise. And anybody else who wants to motivate themselves by sharing their plans, because like I said, we will we will then so as a community nag each other to make sure that we all do it. Um, and 
yeah, I, I, let's see what we can get out of this. I like the idea of starting on the 21st of December. That gives us, ooh, let's say six weeks to get everybody rounded up and ready. And everybody, so nobody's got an excuse that it's starting too quickly for them and they haven't got time to plan it. Nobody's got an excuse that they can't get all the materials together or anything like that. So I think absolutely let's start promoting and nagging both uh, uh, on the forums uh, at pixelatedphotographer.com, on Twitter. Uh, at sunny 16 podcast uh, on instagram at sunny 16 podcast and so on and let's see how many people that we can get involved in it because i think this would be a, a you know collectively could be a really really interesting body of work okay so we are going to have a, a quick break and after we come back uh, we're going to have an update on the cheap shots challenge It's that time again. We have our ongoing competition at the moment. Competition, well, you know, challenge, let's call it. The Cheap Shots Challenge. And it's time for a bit of an update. Uh, personally, I still haven't quite finished the film in my Voigtlander Vitaret that uh, has my entries to this one, but I will get that done as soon as I can. But others uh, have made some really good posts. So I'm going to look now at Instagram, and the first thing I'm going to do is search on the hashtag Cheap Shots Challenge. And that brings up, uh, well, uh, a couple of three photos uh, recently for this round of the challenge. First one uh, goes to our guest, Dave, who has uh, posted a rather nice photograph of a monkey. I'm going to take a punt here. A monkey? That's my auntie, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, say uh, I, it does actually say, hey, monkey, on, on the Instagram post itself. It's a name. Uh, auntie monkey auntie h oh dh okay all right so nice lo lovely picture of uh dave's aunt and um you know she's groomed herself nicely all her fur is really soft and isn't it particularly that nice white bit she's the, bright eyed and bushy tailed and um she looks like she's uh, uh sitting on the roof of a car at longley i'm gonna take a guess have you been have you been to the safari park dave that's exactly where I went, Aid, that um, with the sole mission of taking some of these cheap shots on. And uh, a very enjoyable trip as well, you know, highly recommend it. Bit pricey though. Um, but, yeah, it is, good, but good it's fun. a fantastic place. And it's a, actually, it's inspired, actually. That's a really good place to go take photos of wildlife because it's one of these safari parks where you actually get to drive through all the animal enclosures. And, uh, yeah, I had a hell of a time shooting animals at Longley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how how's your Minolta behaving? Like a dream, finely oiled machine, dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's really good. Okay, so there is uh, yeah, so the uh, a beautiful black and white picture of a monkey. Um, then in the uh, pixelated photographer forums, uh, you've uh, posted what is at least a double, if not a triple, exposure of a cow. Uh, just a double. Just... Oh yeah, that cow shot was fantastic. Loved that. Yeah, and yeah, thanks. That came out okay. And then the other one, uh, the third one actually, uh, which I think is posted from Instagram, but is also uh, on the pixelated forums, is uh, a photo of a lion or a lioness, I suppose, to be accurate. Uh, no, that's Huel, my cat. <laughs> is it? That's a big cat. That's, it, a, that's big a big cat. cat. You must have a large garden. 
an enormous and an enormous butcher's bill every week. (laughs) (laughs) She likes chicken. She likes chicken. Okay, yeah, like a hundred weight of chicken a day. Okay, so anyway, so it's a good good contribution in there, Dave. Are you having fun with the cheap shots challenge? Yeah, absolutely love it. Want to go to more safari parks? There's one by Birmingham somewhere, which I'm quite tempted by. Yeah, there's um, actually that's up right by my very close to where my mum lives. Um, so I ought to make the really. Yeah, I know, I know. Go, she'll make you a cup of tea. Um, oh, mate, do you want to jump in? You can go and we can go and see your mum. <laughs> we could go see my mum. Yeah, yeah. There you go. She Field trip. Well. The three of us could go in my jeep around the safari park. It'd be a hell of a trip. Age, you're coming as well. Okay, sounds good. Count me in. <laughs> right, and in the meantime, uh, a bit of a mention to Maddie Owens. Uh, daughter of uh, our scribe of the show notes bill uh, and maddie has recently joined our community and is posting in the cheap shots challenge so she has posted to instagram uh, a lovely really close-up picture of a white goat uh, taken with a trip 35 it says uh, in the blurb uh, alongside it so you know absolutely uh, good stuff there maddie thank you and then on the uh, pixelated forums she posted a photo of a chicken uh, apparently the chicken's name is eli uh, but uh yeah i didn't know chickens had names but there you go so thank you maddie for those and uh, so, so just on, on maddie shots i also because i was having a look through uh, i can't remember it was her instagram feed or Flickr feed but um i'm pretty sure it's maddie not bill because i think they went to a farm sanctuary place where they rescue animals from um slaughterhouses and such and um but she's got a great picture of some pigs on there as well. I, just, I, I really love pigs, and uh, it was just a great picture of them. So uh, look out for the picture of the pigs as well, everyone. It's a, a hot winner. Oh, I see. Yeah, sorry. You're absolutely right. It's uh, That's on our Flickr group, actually, uh, the Sunny 16 podcast Flickr group. A couple of pigs in the field with a couple of... Uh, a couple of uh, sort of traditional American-looking farm buildings um, uh, in in the background, you know, raising the barn kind of kind of buildings. Okay, so great. So there's some stuff there from Maddie. Thank you, Maddie. Uh, and one that seems to be posted. It, sorry, Aid. Is it too early to go ahead and say that Maddie's won this with that picture of the goat from the um, trip 35? It, it well, it's certainly a contender. It's possibly a little bit early to say that she's won it, but she's right up there. I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to take a better photo. That's a hell of a photograph. I've got... Um... I don't know. That portrait of your aunt is quite nice. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that goat picture is fantastic. You know, it really, really jobs out goat. It's, uh, it's good. 10 out of 10. <laughs> OK. All right. So, yeah, good update there. I think, Graham, our plan is to give this uh, maybe another week, maybe another two weeks or something like that, and then move I on. Think- yeah, I think we're going to have another two weeks and then we will be getting uh, somebody on. I, I actually have somebody in my mind who is going to come on and judge this for us. Um, I just need to you know, tell that person that that's what's in my mind and see if they'll actually do it. But I have a plan this time, which is more than I had this time. So, yeah, a couple more weeks to shoot. Uh, I am very nearly done with my role of film. Um, so, yeah, I will hopefully have that actually finished up. I mean, I may end up just firing off the last few shots of anything that wanders past in the next week or so. But I'm nearly done with mine. You're nearly done with yours, aren't you, Aid? Yeah, I am. Yeah, three or four shots left on on the roll. Well, it's not really a roll; it's a cartridge, of course, for one ten. But uh, yeah, near, nearly there. And uh, okay, well, we'll give give people a little while longer for that then. Uh, 
Cole, sorry, Cole was um because I've seen on Instagram Cole's been saying that he's uh, now got <laughs> now saved up enough money to buy himself another pack of film to go and take his uh, shots with his Polaroid camera. So he's promised he's going to get some stuff. And uh, also Corey Cannon's been talking some smack about how great his shots are going to be. So um, he should see some good stuff soon. So if you're taking pictures, if they if you're putting them on Instagram, please just hashtag them Cheap Shots Challenge or Sunny Sixteen Podcast so we can find them nice and easily or stick him on our Flickr group or come to the Pixelated Photographer Forum and stick him on the post there. There's a Cheap Shots Challenge Round 2 post there. Um, we love seeing these pictures. Absolutely, yeah. The more the merrier. Okay, right. Well, let's move on to uh, this week's shout outs. And uh, well, Graham, you've got uh, ooh, two or three here. Um, starting off with at Dave Shrimpton. Yeah, I wanted to get this one in on time because I mentioned last week about Penumbra Tintype Studios doing a Halloween um, shooting. And by the time the podcast went out, that was already, I think, about four days after they'd done it. So that was no good. Um, Dave underscore Shrimpton on Instagram. He does loads of really cool, interesting wet plate photography. His stuff is... um, often slightly creepy looking um he's taking a pictures he's got sort of mannequins and stuff like this in his studio and it's all uh, it's also all a bit weird and it's all very cool and he also posts short videos of him doing the wet plate large format photography um and he has got an exhibition coming up um aid you've got the screen in front of you so i'm going to let you actually read out the location and the dates because i know that i'll get it wrong but i wanted to let our listeners know that he's got an exhibition coming up in london and if you like things that are a little bit off kilter and want to see some very cool traditional um wet plate photography and i think a few other bits go and check it out what are the dates aid uh, the dates are, the, it says here the 26th to 27th of November. So that's actually a really short event, is it? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. And it's at a place called the Ware Art Centre. So it's Ware, W-A-R-E. Uh, so that looks like, a, oh, I'm not sure entirely where it is. I think I may have got the wrong place because uh, it says, the, the, I've just Googled that and it says it's in Hertfordshire, not in London. Oh, maybe I'm completely wrong on this. Anyway, best bet. Go Somewhere to... in the south of England is <laughs> for two days <laughs> yeah. if you can find it. It's yeah. going to be a really good fun event. <laughs> yeah, go to um, at Dave underscore Shrimpton. Have a look at his photos. I mean, they're, they're pretty distinctive and they're not going to perhaps be to everybody's taste. But if you like what you see there and you live near <laughs> the hair um, gallery, wherever that may be, um, then... Check it out. So, yeah, I really like his stuff. Okay, cool. Right, so the next one on the list is also one of yours, Graham. Uh, I think I recognise the name. This is Mads Hugo Pedersen. Yeah, just wanted to have a break from um, all, uh, all our Instagram stuff and just want to say thank you very much to um, Mads uh, for joining up on the Pixelated Photographer Forum. He's based over there in Germany. Um, so put another tick in the board for Germany. That's great. And um, he's got his own website, which is, I think it's... Bags Hugo Pedersen. I apologize for however badly I'm butchering your name. Um, uh, dot com, I think it's right, or it might be something photography.com. Anyway, it'll be in the show notes, and he's also on the forums. And I had a look at his website, and he's got some really lovely pictures on there. There's not loads of stuff up on there, but it's one of those things where it's a small selection of really good quality pictures, and it's just a very nicely laid out website. Um, and he's got a blog there as well. So thank you very much for joining up with the forums and uh, sharing your awesome pictures. It's great. Okay, right, and the last one on your list for this evening, uh, Tim Massey. 
Okay, well, this one very exciting because this is an iTunes review, um, and it is out in the states. Uh, so thank you very much for Tim zero two one, and this is one of these things where I'm guessing who it might be. Um, so I had a look through all of our Instagram acquaintances, and we only had one Tim in the list, and that's Tim Massey, uh, which. Um, is ctw photo on instagram so um tim021 if that isn't you apologies but thank you very much for the review um but either way uh, tim massey's stuff on instagram is well worth a look anyway um he does some excellent black and white and color photos i really like the candid portraits he's going out and making in his um local neighborhood he's had some really great ones lately just uh fantastic shots of people he's just meeting whilst he's out and about and full of personality i know you talked about wanting to go out and sort of take portraits of people in forays and on the streets and i definitely recommend having a look at his stuff because it's yeah it's it's really good stuff very this is very informal but you can just see the relationship that he's making with these people whilst he's out taking the photo so definitely worth a look yeah okay great all right well i have one as well uh just to shout out to somebody on twitter as uh, somebody who has uh, been swapping a few messages with this week this is james cockcroft uh his twitter handle is at jam underscore esque j-a-m underscore e-s-c now he's been uh, posting some stuff on twitter recently which is interesting i think it's going to make probably at least dave and, and and maybe graham get really really uncomfortable but he has a lomo lca with an instax back with a what a lomo lca with an instax back so he's shooting fuji instax film with a lomo lca camera just like that one you picked up for a quid the other week graham that sounds i've never had a go on those cameras but i've seen some hell of the pictures from them i quite like one so yeah, I I I've been out shooting with my LCA this last week, trying to get some pictures on it, and it's I I still hate the shutter on that camera, but I'm just trying to imagine that an, an Instax back for that must be almost as big as the camera itself, if not bigger, right? Oh, it's it's about twice the size. So if you if you <laughs> look if you look at James's Twitter feed, uh, uh, or pick up the messages f- from our Twitter feed where where James and I have have been you know, swapping uh, messages. Um, it is uh, enormous, quite frankly. Um, it's uh, it's quite a um, it, it well it's, it's enormous is is uh, wrong, but that LCA is a surprisingly small camera, isn't it? And the yes. the Instax back, which is it's a similar size, I guess, uh, to the sorts of Instax uh, backs you get for other Lomo cameras. You know, the the Diana or or maybe for a Holger or something like that. I suspect they're all much the same size because they've got to take the same size film card. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it, it is certainly it's a little bit wider, um, but it's quite a lot taller than the LCA itself. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a uh, uh, it, it's a sort of camera when you when you put it all together, it, it makes your cheap shots camera look you know elegant and well thought through, Graham. <laughs> so is he getting sort of a thirty-five millimeter image on? the instax paper well that's where it's coming in well that's the thing that i'm quite a a little bit confused about because now he seems to be getting uh a a reasonably full coverage and and you know the instax as as you know as i said before so to much laughing and derision is is uh is actually a 645 format Mm. um so it's it's significantly bigger than 
uh, yeah, they're significantly bigger than a 35mm negative. So it's it's um, it's an interesting one. Uh, uh, but I think there's it, it gets vignetted, but you get you gets quite a lot of uh, of coverage uh, from oh, what I've seen. Must be so about whack and in your um, what's your Bronica then? Aid is that like a, a modular system like the Hasselblads? Yeah, it is. Yeah, very, very similar in 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 its modularization to the Hasselblads. In that, yeah, it you know it has a, a mirror box, sure. and then it has. And a... you can whack off the back bit with the film in it. Can you can you stick a Instax thing in there? Conceptually, you can. Um, I've I've, I've <laughs> had a look at. There, there doesn't seem to be a way to because the Instax film is the right size, but of course it's got that big white border around it, and it's also comes in a cartridge. So the, it, there's no real way to. Uh, to modify a Bronica back to do it. But what I have seen, uh, because I was looking at this earlier in the week, uh, I I have seen that somebody had bought one of these cheap plastic you know, lo- Lomo backs that take the Instax cartridge, sort of ripped off all the, the plastic bits and, you know, and uh, uh, used elastic bands to, to yeah, get, nice. uh, connect yeah, it to the back of a, so. a medium format yeah, camera and, and used it that way. But I think that, that you can actually get one for the Mamiya... Six, uh, oh, is it the uh, the RB67, the bigger of the two? I forget which is the bigger, the RZ or the RB. Uh, they're both about the same side, I think. And they're both they're enormous monsters, as well. Like, yeah, they're both enormous. Um, but that's, yeah, so that's um, is is one way of uh, that you can use a proper modular medium format camera uh, with Instax. That actually uh, can work quite, quite nicely, I believe. So, oh, that's very cool. Yeah, but it, but yeah, but uh, in, just a, a shout out to James. Say, uh, you know, so, there's some there's some interesting stuff going on there, certainly. Um, and uh, yeah, look, I, I wonder quite, um, you know, uh, how how he came about that as a configuration. Quite frankly, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely be looking at that because that sounds awesome. I, I, I wonder he must have. I it must set Instax back further than the film plane would be so god yeah that's intriguing i, I want to see that see how he's made it work well there you go so so something in that for everybody to look up then okay so and then i think the uh next shout out and uh the last one is actually one of dave's Two. uh ed sunday uh yeah uh yeah ed sunday fantastic check her out on instagram uh but two shout outs Ed. i've also got a shout out to Another one of our listeners, Manuel Manchego, who recently translated Mucho for me. Thank you. It really means a lot. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> okay. All right. All good stuff then. Ouch. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I think that probably brings us uh, to the end of what this week passes for the Sunny 16 podcast. Um, I'd like to say thank you to our special guest, Dave, uh, livening things up as always. Other people to say thanks to today, of course, Chris for uh, hosting PP.com. And uh, let's not forget that Chris is also a very, very good graphic designer and designed the Sunny 16 logo. And of course, uh, Bill Owens, who does the show notes, uh, Kevin McLeod, whose music, Honeybee, uh, is our theme tune. Uh, He can be found at incompetech.com, which means all there is left to say is thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you soon bye 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 for now
save, I swear to God, when you get to meet up with Ace, he's gonna murder you. He's gonna stone cold kill you. <laughs> That's alright, I've got my, my Mantego in my corner. Just, just another train wreck. 